And so, God, we thank you for the night. We thank you for gathering. Lord, we thank you for what you're wanting to do in our midst. And, Lord, we make ourselves available for that. And we pray, as we're going to talk, that your kingdom would come, Lord. Your will would be done in this place as in heaven. And we thank you for those things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, uh, uh, you'll know if you've been getting my email or if you've been in our morning congregation at all during the last um, few weeks, as, as Fran, my wife, and I, we are celebrating or we are marking um, 25 years pastoring the Shore Vineyard Church, which is a pretty amazing thing, really, considering many of you, of course, won't have even been born at that time. So that makes me feel really old. But in 1993, in, in uh, February 1993, over the course of a month, we, we slowly um, took responsibility for this fledgling little church plant um, called Birkenhead Harvest Church, and it became, uh, I don't know, uh, Birkenhead Vineyard Church, and then it became North City Vineyard Church, and Shore Vineyards, and then Shore Vineyard, and it's had a few incarnations that have a few different places that it's met over the time. And we might have done uh, sort of shared at night as well, but obviously we're kicking off in February, and so it didn't quite fit in with the timetable for the thing. And so in the morning congregation, over the last three weeks, we've been doing this series that we've called More Lord. And um, it was sort of, it's, it's, it's been a fun series to do. And so if you'd like to listen to it on our website, svc.org.nz slash sermons, you will get to the first two. And the third one from this morning will be up by Tuesday, I think. And it kind of it gives you a bit of a window. People have enjoyed the process, I think, of having a window into how, how our church has evolved and developed. But with the sense that there's so much more to come, so much more that God wants to do. But I was thinking about this. I don't too much trust this thing because it hasn't been working particularly well. How are we going to go, Sam? There we go. Was that, was that me or was that you, though? <laughs> so uh, if you follow me along, if, I, if it won't work, that's probably my best, my best thing. So I was thinking um, during, this, during this week and thinking, if you were to visit tonight or if you were to arrive here in the, next, in the last three years, you would probably assume that we, you know, if we said that we were 25 years old or we've been here 25 years, you would picture a much younger, a much um, less bald version of me standing at the front of this, of this um, building and um, doing uh, whatever we do in terms of church. But in reality, we have only been here out of those 25 years for, for three of those years. And this is um, a service that we had um, soon after we moved into this building. If you, if you uh, look reasonably uh, um, carefully, you'll see a lot of things have changed in that time. When we moved in here, we had um, black curtains along there, back, black curtains along those walls. We had really horrible ceilings um, with those um, fluorescent lights. And so we've been able to do a whole lot. We've been here three years. We've just um, kind of signed another lease for three years um, and we're able to be here at least for nine years, if you like. But if you weren't here, you would assume that we'd always been here, wouldn't you? Because it just seems like we've always been here. But in fact, we as a church, we, uh, um, we met and we set up in school halls and um, churches and pubs even um, over the course of 22 years, you know, well, in the time that Fran and I have been pastoring, um, through to the time that we got here. And I was thinking about that this week, is... The whole story, if you wrote a story of the, of the history of Shaw Vineyard Church, um, you'd, you'd have a chapter and probably more on, on the building, the pain, the, the frustration, the desire, the prayers, finally realised and moving into this you know, kind of um, wonderful space, I think, that it is that we have become. I love it. Every, every Sunday I walk away from here grateful to God for the fact that we are in here. So how do we get to the building, though, which is pertinent, I think, to the things that we're going to talk about tonight? 
And um, there was a lot of fundraising. A lot of things happened. A lot of, a lot of um, I don't know, meetings and sharing vision and those sorts of things. But for me, the essence of it comes down to one little event that took place. And it took place on Akaranga Drive, um, which many of you will know in Northcote. And I think it, I'm not 100% sure whether we had just done this, but, but I'm pretty sure it was the day we went to the AUT to see if we could move out of Northcote College and move into their auditorium. And it hadn't worked out all that well, and so it seemed like we would be having to stay where we were. And in my mind, as I walked away pretty discouraged from that meeting, it seemed like we would be staying there where we were forever, for 25 years, for 50 years, for however long, you know, kind of it would be. And I remember, and I don't know whether this was an out loud um, uh, uh, request or, or idea, um, or whether it all happened internally, but it was very real, whatever it was. And I just walked along and I said to God, slightly defeated, slightly hopeless, and saying, are we going to have to set up in Northgate College for the rest of my time here? And I was like, man, surely we're not going to. And I just as clear as a bell, I heard this answer. And it was, well, you are unless you do something about it. And I was just staggered by this thing. You are unless... I don't have millions of dollars. I don't have the ability to, I don't know, to sway councils or, or, to, or to make plans like that. But he says you are unless you do something about it. And it's really after that event, which was probably 13 or 14 years ago, if I can work out our timeline a little, we started talking about a building and we bought a small building and we sold a small building and we moved. At one stage we were in nine different locations. We did the whole story of, the, of what we were. And we did fundraising. You know, the biggest check we got on our fundraising was $63,000. We got two for $50,000, one for $27,000. And we had lots of people who probably gave maybe more than that as they, as they gave, you know, incrementally over, you know, we had commitments at one stage for people to give for three years so that we could be in a building. I mean, it's just this incredible thing. But the point of it in terms of what we're going to talk about tonight, it's, it was a little conversation with God at which I felt God speak, and probably only I could have had that conversation with God because I was the leader of the congregation, um, at which I heard God speak and responded to it. And I would say the kingdom came, not that the kingdom is in a building, obviously, at all, but the opportunities to do the things of the kingdom just opened up in, in a period of 10 years, 12 years, quite a lot of years that took place from there. And so I want to talk tonight a little bit about the kingdom, about your kingdom coming. And I want to conclude tonight by us inviting his kingdom to come. So I don't want to just talk about it as though, you know, wouldn't it be great and it happened once and I've got some good stories because I'm, I'm old and I've seen these things happen. But that tonight, that the kingdom could come, that, that people who are hurt could be freed from hurt, that people who are sick could be freed from being sick, that people who are, you know, kind of have questions could maybe have some of their questions answered. What would it be like? Do you think that could happen? Well, why not? Why shouldn't that happen? Because we believe in a God who is like that. I become convinced that in big ways and small ways, God is continually inviting us forward in our life of faith in these ways that he's speaking to us, wants to speak to us, wants to work in our lives. So, um, so we, got, we had a brainstorm at the end of last year with our staff and our leaders, and, and we came up with a theme for the year, which was your kingdom come, that this year in big ways and small you know, kind of maybe in a series, but maybe not in a series, maybe in, in some ways and, um, you know, sort of things that are obvious, but more an underlying thing. We're just going to keep inviting the kingdom of God to come and we're going to see what God wants to do. And it comes from this prayer, which isn't coming up, so maybe, oh, who knows? I still don't know if it's me, Sam. Okay, fantastic. 
um, which you may be aware of. It's called the Lord's Prayer, or some would say the Disciples' Prayer. And it, and it goes like this. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, taught us to pray. And he said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed, hallowed means holy, basically be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today, he said, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Russell Brand has um, has had a a spiritual experience lately, maybe a a conversion, I'm not sure. But he he said recently, he said, I say the Lord's Prayer every day. This is, I mean, it's a great prayer that we could pray every day. won't go back to the first one before. But, um, But I pray the Lord's Prayer every day. I try to connect to what the Father means. I think about the relationship between forgiveness and being forgiven and the impossibility of redemption until you are willing to let go, to forgive and let go. He's wrestling with this thing. It's a prayer that we can pray, and it's also a pattern for prayer that we can pray. Some of the, um, the, the way that, God, that Jesus is encouraging us to do it. And so it's this whole thing of your kingdom come. And I want to talk for a little tonight about your kingdom come. What might that look like? Or what does it mean to say and to think your kingdom come? So what does it mean to think about your, think about your? As soon as you pray a prayer that says your, you're letting something go, aren't you? You're saying it's not about me anymore, but it's about you. It's about him. It's about his kingdom coming. This is a really important thing and a significant thing. I've actually lost my keys today, but, but this was going to be a really, a really great, um, a great illustration. But if you can imagine, my keys are here, okay? So, so I, have, I carry with me most of the time um, basically everything that represents everything that I own or everything that sort of is near and dear to me. So I've got credit cards. I've got a computer, essentially, isn't it? Because your phone is these days, you see. And I've got my keys, except I can't find my keys. So hopefully I'll get home. Otherwise, will somebody give me a ride home? It's only in Beach Haven. It's only 20 minutes away. So my keys are here, rattling, okay? Rattling, rattling, rattling. So they're a representation of everything I own. Now, they're mine. They're not yours, are they? They're mine. You know, I'm not going to tell you my credit card number because it's, it's my money. It's not your money. And I'm not going to give you my phone. I'm not going to let you see what apps I've got because I might be a bit embarrassed. You know, you take out your phone and have a look at your own apps. You might be a bit embarrassed if you showed them to me, but maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to give you the keys to my house. Just come to my house. You know, kind of sell my house, why don't you? Go and sell your house. Sell my house and take the money for yourself. I'm not going to give you those things, are you? Am I? Just like you're not going to do them for me. But when you start to pray a prayer that says your, and you start to say, oh, my money is yours. That's a serious prayer. And my computer, the things that represent what's important to me, my, my apps, the things that are really important, my, my um, you know, kind of the games that I play or the, or the um, you know, kind of the, the, the sites that I go to and things like that, they're oh, they're not so much mine and my freedom, they're yours. And I want them to honour you and to be like you. And my house and my car and my possessions, the thing that I am, oh, they're not mine anymore, they're yours. When we pray, your kingdom come, it's only a small word. We could go, we could jump over and say, oh, we're going to, oh, kingdom, kingdom. That sounds an interesting word. But as soon as we say yours, Lord, we are handing something over to him. This is a big thing that we're asking. This is a big thing that we're inviting God to be part of our life. So it's yours. It's yours, God, when we pray a prayer like that. And what about, a, what about the kingdom? 
So how about giving me a bit of feedback? No wrong answers, so it's not going not to jump on here if we get it wrong, but, but it'd be great to have your voice um, kind of uh, uh, heard a little bit today. So what is, what is a kingdom to you? You know, kind of a, it can be a spiritual kingdom or, an, or a natural kingdom. We'll work it all together. What, what, what do you think of when you hear of a kingdom? Everything where the light touches. Okay, so that'd be like a kingdom of God thing, eh? Okay. What, what else? What else do we know in kingdoms? Did I miss a quote there? Uh, that's from the yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm too much of it. Too, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, and I'm really slow as well. It's like I'm over here and it's like, hey, you've just had me. You know? They're laughing at me because of you. I, I, you'll, you'll get your turn, mate. <laughs> All right, kingdom, kingdom. What do we got? What's a kingdom, do you reckon? A realm. A okay. What's a realm? What's a kingdom? What's a realm? Sorry, sorry, Rupert? A place where people collectively kind of follow the same way of Okay, so it's a, it's a collective of people under a, a king, funnily enough. Or under, you know, kind of under an authority, I suppose. And, and, and in a kingdom, I, I guess we can assume it's, a, it's under a king or a queen, obviously. I mean, we, we live... In some ways, in a king, you know, as a Commonwealth country, you know, we we have a queen, don't we? We have a governor general who's the representative of the queen, you know, in our in our life. So, kingdom, queendom, it would be it would be the same thing. Anything else that you can think about that is relevant to being a kingdom? Your kingdom, kingdom. Okay. All right. So there's the sort of a. I guess uh, we're in and some are out and, and we have to protect what we've got. That's a, great, that's a great thought for a kingdom. And certainly if you know anything of history, you'll know that kingdoms come and go, don't they? Any, anyone else? Okay. So there's usually one person, you know, kind of a central figure. Who rules it? Anything else? All of these are great. They help us just form a picture of what it is when we're praying, your kingdom come. Okay. Let's, um, let's sort of think about this a bit more as we go. Sort of one of the things about the vineyard, um, if, you, if you sort of know who we are, one of the, the three defining principles of what, when we say and who and what we are is um, that kingdom theology is the center of our theological understanding, which is an incredible thing. So Jesus, when he was on earth, he just talked nonstop about this thing called the kingdom, the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, sometimes it's called. And he said things like this. He never really defined it. There isn't, there isn't a, I'm, I'm going to give you, you know, kind of nice try, guys, but I'm going to give you the actual, the actual definition of the kingdom. But they had this, he, he told all of these stories and metaphors and similes, stuff about the kingdom that was happening. And he said things like this. The kingdom of heaven, he said once, is like this big banquet. And another time he said it's like a big wedding feast. And he said various things into that. And he said, you're going to be surprised who's in and who's out. Um, some people are going to make it and some people aren't. Some who are invited aren't going to get in and some who weren't invited or didn't seem to be invited are. It's, it's, it's very perplexing, isn't it? He says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field. He said you'd be wise knowing that the treasure's there to sell your whole field, uh, sell all your possessions and buy the field so that you can get the treasure out of the field. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Hmm, that's an interesting thing. He says the kingdom of heaven, I love this one, is like the, a landowner who hires workers for the day. And he takes these workers and he, and he hires them you know, from 8 o'clock in the morning through to 5 o'clock at night. And the end of the work day is at 6 o'clock. And at 6 o'clock they all line up and, to get their pay. 
And he just pulls out this incredible, incredible surprise and in that he pays everybody, whether they worked an hour or whether they worked for 12 hours, the same amount. I mean, go figure that, you know, kind of for the person who got hired at 8 o'clock in the morning versus at 5 o'clock at night. He said the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, you know, kind of in, in bread. It, it permeates, it, it, it moves through the whole loaf, the whole dough. And he said things that are really puzzling. He said, it's going to be really hard for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. People with credit cards, I think he was talking about, with the ability to, you know, kind of spend stuff. But he did say, these things are hard, but nothing's impossible with God. So it wasn't, it wasn't saying that you couldn't. He said, the kingdom of heaven must be uh, received as a child. I mean, it's incredible, even for you guys who primarily young today, but you're adults, aren't you? So, but as a child, aren't we supposed to grow up? Aren't we supposed to get mature and wise? And yet there's something about childlike faith is that we find the kingdom of heaven. He said we should seek the kingdom first before anything else. And when we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else will get added, up, added to us. So it's like the things that we might pursue rather than the kingdom, we're going to get them anyway, if only we would seek the kingdom first. It's very challenging, isn't it, to pray your kingdom, your kingdom come. He said prostitutes and tax collectors were more likely to enter this thing, the kingdom of heaven, than Pharisees. Pharisees, the religious of the day. That's sort of challenging. Has anyone ever met a royal? Who's met a royal? Who have you met? You've met Charles and Camilla. You're not old enough to meet Charles and Camilla. Huh? So they've, they were out here? What, tell, tell us what happened. Um, they were just doing, I don't know, a tour of some kind, and we stood in the rain for about an hour and got to shake their hands. You shook the hands of Charles and Camilla. Fantastic. Anybody else? You live next door to Prince Harry and William's mate. You live you live next in New Zealand. Yeah, he lives in <laughs> is that a is that a success story for him that he that, that he was Harry and William's mate and now he's living in Whangarei? It's just like man, that's well there you go touch of the royals. That's pretty good. Anyone else who would have ever believed it? Maybe we all have. No, nobody else. I've I've met a real king. He's the king of Tonga. He's actually dead now, but he was, he was alive when I met him. And um, I had this, had this sort of interesting encounter with this guy. Um, I got to interview him. I was a journalist in, in my young days, and, and um, I got to an, an invitation or opportunity to interview the king of Tonga. And um, uh, so he, he was at his residence in Auckland, so, so it wasn't in Tonga, but, but it was in uh, Mount Eden. And so I go up this long drive. It was before sort of, you know... Um, you know, small ear pieces, so all these heavy-looking dudes with, um, uh, you know, sort of walkie-talkies and things like that, and so I kind of go through the first line of security, and I, I meet the person who I suppose is his, um, you know, personal attaché or something like that. And um, so so my only memory of this, uh, you know, meeting with the King of Tonga was was the fact that I had to put a tie on to, to meet the King of Tonga. And um, it was a terrible situation, really, because I, I didn't know how to tie a tie, and I didn't have a tie. So, 
So I'm there, and this guy is just aghast, you know, sort of. And I was 22 years old or something like that, and thought I kind of knew everything. And and so so I arrived there, and he says, um, he says, you can't see that His Majesty without a tie on. I so I haven't got a tie, you know. So somehow thinking that because I haven't got a tie, then that's going to be okay. So the guy reaches up to his throat, he takes his own tie off, and he and he passes it me. But not only did I not have a tie, but I didn't know how to tie a tie. So I'm with this kind of this triangular piece of useless material in my hand about to go into the king of Tonga I've got to put it around my neck and so whenever I tied a tie for rugby functions or you know kind of school ball or something like that my mother of all things tied my tie and gave it to me and I put it over my head and sort of that and so so I'm putting this thing around my neck I see my dad put it on I didn't know how to do it and I mean so easy a bit like tying your two- shoelaces or something hey eh? but it, but the first time you do it it's actually pretty darn hard and so I'm fumbling at my neck thinking that miraculously this tie might just leap into, into some sort of, you know, uh, proper assembly. And, um, and I said, genius again, I said, oh, you haven't got a mirror, have you? Thinking if I looked in a mirror, it would even more miraculously respond. And um, he just reaches over, complete contempt, just rips it out of my hand, puts it around his neck, ties it up, takes it over his head, gives it to me, I put it over my head, and I go in and see the king of time. That was just this fantastic little moment. And I learned something in there as I think about this whole thing of the kingdom. Is when we pray for your, your kingdom, we are entering, you don't go and see the king of Tonga without a tile. You know, we are praying for his kingdom, God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, for, for the kingdom that Jesus brought and inaugurated on earth by being here, by being the sinless son of God. And when we pray that your kingdom come, we become a little less sort of equal and and partial and I can do whatever I like. When we pray your kingdom come, we are entering what he is doing and we're exploring the things that he is doing so so that we can be part of. And the amazing thing is he invites us. He invites us to come and be part of his kingdom tonight. John Ortberg, a reasonably well-known author, says, praying this prayer is like saying, may up there, which is probably theologically a little hard for us to understand, but may up there come down here. And, you know, in a few minutes, we're going to stand and we're going to ask up there to come down here. And I just have this incredible sense that God could move in our midst tonight. And that, how amazing would that be? That the kingdom of God could break in and, and be present in our life. So it's, it's yours, it's God's, it's the kingdom. And, um, and we're asking it to come. And my series in the morning has been called More Lord because I haven't wanted to look back in boring rep- 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 repetition and, and you know, stories of the last 25 years because there has got to be the senses that we're moving forward that we're, that we're growing in this and we're saying, come Lord, in my own strength, I do not have the ability to do so much of life, so much of, you know, kind of the things that I don't understand. I do not have that ability, but would you come? Kingdom, come. Let the presence of God come. In a vineyard kind of ideal, we would say, let let um, a breakthrough happen. Let the provision of the kingdom, let the healing of the kingdom let, the, let the, the joy and the freedom and the release of the kingdom be broken out of where it is at the moment, which is not in my life because I'm not feeling those things, and break into my life today. This is worth pursuing. This is worth 
going after. And so in 2018, as a church, but for each of us in our neighbourhoods, in our countries, in our families, in our offices, in our church, yes, in our, I don't know, sports and social groups, in our small groups, in our, in our shopping areas and in our car parks and among our staff and our workmates and in our hearts and in our attitudes and in our beliefs, we're praying, may God be king. We're praying your kingdom come. Oh, I'll go back on that. Cool. Nice picture though. Here we go. May your kingdom come. As we, as we cry out to him, we say, more, Lord, let your power come. Let the knowledge of who and what you are come. May it be the way that he likes them. May it be the way that he wants them to be. Make things right, Lord, in our community, in our family. May up there come down here in this place. But it would be wrong, wouldn't it, just to say, may you do that next week. You know, when somebody else is speaking, it would only be right to expect them to come today, wouldn't it? So a few things about what we're going to be doing this year. One of the things that's really burning on my heart is I want to revisit what it means to be around the communion table. And we will do it differently in morning church and night church, but in, in March we're going to be focusing quite a lot on the, on the communion table in the lead up to Easter. And I really encourage you to embrace that as we do it. You know, it's not just sort of like, yeah, oh, we have a little little pinch of bread and a little kind of sip of juice or something like that. It's actually entering into, well, for a start, entering into what the Christian church has been doing for 2,000 years, but there are depths and meanings. And it's a wonder and it's a marvel. And we want to create, we want to invite some awe of that rather than just be it a, you know, a filler. Not, not that it is a filler or has been a filler in terms of, you know, we've always seen it as important. But to learn more about it and grow more in that. Um, we want to grow in connection, and, and you know, that's why we sort of talk about camp out. This is Parkery Beach, and you know, kind of if, if you would come, we would be able to grow you know, as a people, as a church. You'd, you'd meet people and, and, de- and develop relationships. You know, the wider church, the right, that is Shaw Vineyard, you'd meet some of our families, you'd meet some of um, people who are kind of older than you and arguably maybe in some cases wiser than you, and they would meet you who are younger than them and have much more purpose and vision and the sense of enthusiasm and excitement for the future. And I, They would love, you know, even though they might not look at it, they would love to know that sense of energy that you have when you're in your 20s or in your teens. And, and I'm, I know that you would love to have some of the sense of having been through the world um, and we could share that. And, and you do that in a place, you know, kind of as you sit and have a, you know, kind of have a beer together or as you, you sort of build a sandcastle together or something like that. And then, um, you know, I wonder whether God's going to speak to anyone tonight and this would be a kingdom come moment. In November, we're going to go to Cambodia as a church. So, you know, kind of usually we'd take a team of, you know, six, eight, ten. And um, I, I, I believe, you know, and this is a kingdom come thing, you know, we've, we've lost our urgency over mission over the last little while. And it's really my fault because I've become responsible for missions in the vineyard in New Zealand and I've gone to Cambodia on a regular basis and I kind of forgot to invite any of you guys for the last five years. And I'd like to invite you. I'd like you to come. Would you, would you consider coming? Would, would you be open to God saying that? So in November we're going to do a shore vineyard trip and I've got some vineyard New Zealand um, re- responsibilities over there at the same time and I'm, I'm not sure how we'll splice it all together but it's just going to be fantastic. 
And so, I, you know, there's probably um, four or six people who have said they're coming already, and so it'll, it'll be a smallish team. But, but if, in, if in your heart there's something doing a cartwheel, the kingdom has just come. It's like God has just spoken. It's not just a, you know, kind of, I want to go to Angkor Wat or something, but we'll go to Siem Reap and go to Angkor Wat. And, you know, I've been to Cambodia five or six times or something like that. You know, kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll have a great time as we pursue and seek his kingdom. But we pray tonight, don't we? Your kingdom come. So why don't you stand? And maybe, Sam, we could just put on some music in the background if, if indeed we have any, and, and that would be great, but otherwise. So, so let me just, in the vineyard, we, we often talk about doing what we, we might call a, a clinic. And a clinic's just sort of like a, a live teaching, really, and we just kind of see whether we can feel like God's saying anything. And so, so I, this is completely, I have, I have one idea that I've written down here, which I don't even know that I'll say. So this is completely um, freeform when we invite the presence of God to come, the King to come and be in our midst. And you know, I'm, I'm pretty terrified and I, I think it's terrifying every time you do it. But, you know, I walked along Akaranga Drive that day and I was communicating with the king and the king spoke to me and we are here tonight. Not because of, um, or not only because, you know, some, some people who could afford $63,000 checks wrote out $63,000 checks, but it was because God spoke to me and I was responsive to that. The kingdom came that day in as you know, a boring, you know, kind of day-to-day place is walking along Akaranga Drive. You guys, probably some of you have been to uni there, you know, have probably walked it every day. The kingdom comes. And so what is it? What is it? It's, it's an idea. It's a thought. It's a, it's a, a curious warming, a, a drawing of attention. It's, it's actually not hard. I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. Everybody gets it. It's really simple, you know, kind of just just believe more or anything like that. It's just an alertness and attention. You can relax in this. I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to say, you know, kind of, you have to do anything or whatever. But we have a loving king who I would believe tonight wants to interact and intermingle with his people. And we're just going to ask him what he wants to do. And if he says something, that's fine. If he doesn't say something, we won't be too discouraged by that. We'll eat and drink together and we'll have other, other forms of, of the kingdom being present in our midst. So would you pray with me? It would be great if you close your eyes. Um, just it's, It doesn't bring the kingdom particularly by closing your eyes, but it's, it's kind of hard for me to look out and you're all just um, eyeballing me. It's like, oh, that's, that's a little harder for me. So it's just because just I'm, I'm pathetic. Would you close your eyes? And we invite you to come, Jesus. Uh, Feebly, excitedly, doubtingly, expectantly. All the colors of the rainbow, really, we are. Lord, we, we invite you to come probably instinctively feeling like you'll come for someone else, not for me because they probably deserve it or need it more than I do. Probably like that. But we invite you to come, Jesus. And Lord, we just recognize that there are needs represented in our midst tonight that we can't 
We can't meet by writing, you know, kind of a check for it. We can't meet by um, going to university for another year. We can't meet by, I don't know, a good bit of counselling. But an encounter with the living God would change lives. We, we, we believe that, at least theoretically. And we just invite your kingdom to come. Let your kingdom fall in this place. Let the windiest spirit come in this place. stand and stay standing for a few moments. And what I confidently expected will happen is that some thoughts will begin to mold and, and, and be formed in our hearts and lives. You know, a, a Bible verse will come into our heads that might be appropriate for someone. We'll have the idea that God is present here to do this thing. And why does he do this thing and not that thing? I have no idea really, but it's just magic when you can click on to the thing that God is doing and has for us and pursue that. So come, Jesus. And we pray more, Lord, as we've been praying in our morning congregation, we pray more, Lord. Pray more, Lord.